Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number eight. Uh, listen, I, I got to tell you, I, I find such such joy in in doing this podcast. I, I really have. And, and so many of you have contacted me through Instagram. Some of you know me personally, and so you text me. And some of you even see me in person, and, and you just say, hey, man, thank you so much for that. Or, or I hear you, you know, you come up and you go, hey, that was that was a good one. I needed that. I, I just want to say thank you. That It's so encouraging to me. Um, I, I really do love doing this. I really do love sitting out here on my front porch. I'm out here now. Um, and, but I, I love that it's not just about me. Um, it's about a, a bigger audience of people who are trying to learn and grow and be sharpened by the word of God. But just a reminder, uh, don't let this, uh, don't let this just be about this podcast. Don't let it just be about a single passage that we pulled out of the context of scripture, the whole canon of scripture. Uh, go in, study the passage. Maybe there's one of these that really stand out to you. Take a few weeks, figure out what's going on in the whole passage. I'm only pulling out just a little bit, but go in and start learning about what the whole passage is all about and what it's really, really trying to say, um, that would just be awesome. I would love that. I would love if this podcast uh, helped you grow deeper in your understanding of who God is, how much he loves you, and and helps you kind of understand your purpose in life and what he's calling you and I uh, to. Uh, our passage today is Acts 4.19. Acts 4.19. Uh, I've been studying in Acts now for the past probably month and a half. It's been really cool. Hey, a cool resource that I found that I'm actually using for the book of Acts is um, they've put out these. Uh, now, they have journal Bibles, but they also have this new they're like books of the Bible. They've broken them down into books of the Bible, and they're a journal for each book of the Bible. Um, you can go on Amazon, and you can buy them in a whole set. I think it's like 60 bucks, or you can just buy each one individually. I think they're like 7 8 10 bucks, something like that. Uh, really, really cool. I've really enjoyed them, and I'm just journaling like crazy, journaling about my, you know, kind of as I read the passage, where am I at right now in life, and what is this passage speaking to me as I'm here at 42, almost 43, you know, got three kids, got one in college, got a high schooler, I got a elementary kiddo, married, you know, what does this all mean? And, and uh, how does this passage, how is it intersecting with where I am at today? It's been really cool. So anyway, Acts 4.19 uh, says, uh, 19 to 20 says this, uh, but Peter and John answered them, whether it is right, in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. This is what's happening in this passage is what's happening in this passage right here is um, they're, 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 uh, the religious are, are not excited about the gospel presentation that's going out in Jerusalem. They're not happy. They're not happy with, uh, with uh, Peter and John and the disciples uh, proclaiming Jesus. They're not happy about it. So they bring them in and they're going like, listen, you guys got to cut this out. You know, they're doing all these miraculous works. So uh, the religious are like, we're not sure what to do with them. You know, like if we 
we start saying um, they're heretics, you know, the people respond to that, you know, because they've seen miraculous works, but we can't have this keep, we can't have this going on. And so they bring uh, Peter and John uh, in, in the Sanhedrin uh, to, to kind of go, listen, you got to cut this out. And they're like, hey, listen, uh, you can say what you're going to say. We're going to do what God has called us to do. Um, and as I was thinking about this passage, I, I thought about um, something so interesting. I thought, you know, kids are, kids are brutal, aren't they? They're just so honest. Kids are brutally honest. Um, you know, every night I'll go up to Mika's bed and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll pray with her. You know, I'll, I'll kiss her on the cheek and, and I'll, you know, I'll pray with her. And uh, one night I'm up there and I'm praying with her and I can feel her rubbing the top of my head. So I'm like, I wonder what she's doing. So she's like rubbing my hot top of my head. I get done with my prayer and she looks at me and she goes, you are really, really bald up there. And I'm like, like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was just so blunt. She was no, no sensitivity at all. Just facts, just truth going right after it, unapologetically going, you're balding. And I'm like trying to do everything I can right now to try to grow my hair out. So it covers up the spot. She's like, listen, just deal with it, dad. You're balding. It's just what it is. Plain and honest truth. That's what's happening here. They're like, listen, we've got to proclaim what Jesus, what we have seen and what we have heard, we have got to be honest about it. We got to be blunt. We got to be honest. We are not going to stop. You can say, hey, listen, we don't want you to do this. He's like, hey, listen, that's between you and God. But as for us, uh, we're going we're gonna to continue to proclaim the name of Jesus. And I think this passage, here's the thing. I think this passage should get us wound up. I think it should get wound up because it's, it's for us asking us the question, do you know what Jesus has done for you? These guys do. Or the disciples do. Peter and John are standing before the Sanhedrin. They're like, kind of like, I can't believe that these like vagabond of guys are proclaiming with such power and brilliance before them. So they can't deny it. And right. Be, and, and they're doing it so effectively, so efficiently, because they're going, do you know what we've seen? Do you know what he's done for us? And, and, and so the question I have for us is this, do you know what Jesus has done for you? Have you seen and have you heard and have you read what he has done for you? Has it deeply impacted your life in a way, in a way that if people tried to silence you, you cannot be silenced. You'd be like, no, no, no. I'm sorry. You cannot silence me. I have seen too much. I have heard too much. I have read too much. He has met me. Like, I, I, that's why this podcast exists. He has met me here on this front porch. And I, I can't stay quiet about it. So how did they get here? How did they get to this moment where they're boldly you know, you got to remember, they denied Jesus. They denied Jesus in fear of what the religious would do to them when, when Jesus was on his way to be crucified. But here in this moment, bold, absolutely bold. So what happened? Well, Jesus came to them and Jesus called them and Jesus led them and Jesus died for them. Jesus resurrected from the dead. Jesus forgave them. And then Jesus commissioned them. And then Jesus went away so the spirit could 
fill them and to help them continue the mission that he's called them to. And, and these jokers, these religious jokers want them to stop talking about it. They're like, not a chance, not a chance. Look how he loves us. Look how he's cared for us. Look, he is God. He's come to us, Emmanuel. And you want us to stop telling people about this good news? Not a chance. But do you feel that? Do you feel that? You see, these statements are as true about us as they are about the disciples. And they should create a boldness in us, a boldness to communicate the good news of Jesus Christ. We have been touched by him. In, in, in a quiet place, I don't, I don't know where this is for you, or maybe you were in a church service, or maybe you were reading your Bible, or maybe you were in a car, or maybe you were on a run, or maybe like me, you were surfing in the middle of the ocean, and he met you, right? He, he met you in a very tangible way. And you can't deny it. You know, maybe it was in a hospital room. Where was that? Where did he meet you? To the place where you go, I, I cannot deny that what I've experienced and what I have seen and what I've heard, it's real. And he loves me and he cares for me. And he's died for me and he's called me and he's commissioned me. And I have felt the spirit of God move in me. When I read the scriptures, it comes alive in me. This should create boldness in us to the point that anyone would say, hey, 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 listen, you need to calm down. You need to not say those things. That's politically incorrect. We're like, well, listen, you can have that view and you get to stand before God with that view. But it's for me. That's why I love Joshua. As for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to live this out. I'm going to declare this boldly. Where are you declaring this boldly? In the way, is it at your local Starbucks? Is it at work? That's why your work is so important. I want to remind you because you get every day the opportunity to stand in front of people and boldly proclaim. Now, listen, you don't have to stand on your desk and go, I got something to tell you. Maybe some of you want to be radical and do that, right? But it's just an everyday life. And, and the thing is, if somebody comes against you and says, that, that's offensive to me, just remember the gospel is offensive. The gospel is offensive. It says that in scripture. The gospel is offensive to those who are wandering and drowning in their sin. But you, you get to stand boldly and proclaim what Jesus has done for you in the same way that these disciples are going from place to place and city to city, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ because, because they've been so impacted and so changed by what he's done and what he's called them to do and what they've seen and what they've heard. Essentially, essentially what they're saying here is this. Listen, I'm not sure what you think is right. This is what they're saying of, uh, of these religious. But we have to continue telling people about what Jesus has done for us. What has Jesus done for you right now? Just maybe take that moment right now. 
What has he done for you? Say it out loud. Jesus, you've, you've healed me. Jesus, you met me in a place when I was lonely. Jesus, you saw me. Jesus, you have not abandoned. Where did he meet you? Say it out loud and then live it out loud. Because here's the thing. Your story is unique to you and it is so powerful. I want you to hear this very clearly right now, wherever you are, your story is so powerful. It's so powerful and it's your story to proclaim. You see, Peter and John, this is their story. They can't help but tell their story, right? Nobody can argue with your story. Nobody's going, nope, that didn't happen to you. And you're like, no, he met me there. You know, like I, I told you, if you listen to the intro to season two, Jesus, Jesus met me in a hospital room on the 31st of December, 2019. And he healed me. He healed me. I had a blood cancer. It was diagnosed. They were just trying to figure out what form of it it was. And he healed me. I have a story to tell now about a God who didn't just leave me in that moment. He healed me. But here's the, more, here's the beautiful thing. Even if he had not healed me, I still have a story about a God that didn't abandon me and walked with me in the midst of my suffering because he says that he, he is near to the brokenhearted. He cares for those who are in need and that I can say he is my strong tower, right? I still have a story on either side, but either way, it's my story. Your story is so powerful. Don't be ashamed to tell your story. In fact, it is the most effective way for you to proclaim the good news. So here's what you need to hear right now. You are powerful. Your story is powerful. Tell your story to the world. Don't stop telling it. Tell it wherever you go. People will listen. I remember when I was in corporate America and I'm flying on airplanes all across the United States, right? And I'm sitting next to people who many of them, maybe they don't believe in Jesus, but I'm just telling them stories about my life. And they're going, man, that's so crazy. That's so weird. And I'm like, yeah, but not for me. Because over and over, I've seen the way that God has moved. This is what's happening in this passage. Listen, I don't know about you. You guys can go do what you want to do. I can't help but, pro- but proclaim what he has done for me. You see, when we truly meet Jesus... We just can't stop telling people about Jesus. It's true. It's so true. So what is holding you back from telling your story? What are you afraid of? What's holding you back? Like, like maybe right after this podcast is done, you just go, God, this is what I think is holding me back. Use this as an opportunity to repent. I want to be bold in my story. I want to be bold that, to proclaim what you've done for me. So Father God, Would you give us the boldness to tell our story of your faithfulness wherever you call us to go? So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is nearer to to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.